Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for attending today's press conference. Uh, at a time when there are so many uncertainties facing intercollegiate athletics, I thought that this would be a good opportunity to address some of those issues. Uh, who's got the first question? I got a question. Uh, Trent Krim from the Independent. <laughs> really? Trent Krim from the Independent? Are you kidding me? What's your question? Well, well what makes you qualified to be a commissioner? And alive. That's the best that you can have at a time when, when we've got all these issues facing us, and that's the best question you have? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And really, who, who let this guy in? Who's in and who's out? No, that's not the name of any of the albums by the legendary rock band. That's been the marketing slogan used to get fans to follow the week-to-week melodrama that is the college football playoff selection process. Arguing over polling position has taken on new meaning since the four-team playoff format began, and a select committee of college football experts started gathering together each week to decide who's worthy and who's not. This season's a little different, given that Old Reliable Clemson isn't part of the process. Otherwise, there are a lot of familiar names jockeying for position. So what's it like to be in that room and be part of the selection process? This week on Knutson and the Commish, former Commissioner Carl Benson and I talk with University of Central Florida Athletic Director Terry Mohodger who spent two years as a member of the selection committee back in 2019 and 2020, and find out what goes into the decision-making process, and if this year's Cinderella, the University of Cincinnati, will get a legit shot at playing for the ultimate prize. Get info from insiders you can only get right here on Knutson and the Commish. We're back to kick it off right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, today, we're pleased to have our very first guest on Knutson and Kamish, current UCF AD, Terry Mohodger, former AD at Arkansas State, where I had the good pleasure of working with Terry for seven years in the Sun Belt. Terry's also a former member of the CFP Selection Committee, and he was the first group of five AD to serve on that committee for the 2019 and 2020 season. Uh, before having to leave the committee when he went to UCF. So welcome, Terry, and uh, thanks so much for taking the time for, to be with us today. Oh, I'm glad to be on. It's great seeing you. And uh, Carl, you uh, look the exact same. <laughs> Our two bald heads, our two bald heads look pretty good <laughs> together. So, yeah. Yes, once, a, once again, I'll point out that um, even though listeners can't see us, I have the best hair. And of the three, you for places, sure do, which is which is unusual, but it works. Hey, Terry, again, I echo what Carl said. Thanks for joining us. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to have you, and we really value your insight here because there's a lot going on with the playoffs. The second rank rankings came out yesterday, everybody's up in arms. First, before we get into it, too much else, is this on purpose? I, I mean, they make a big spectacle out of this for TV. I know this unveiling the rankings every week, but is it on purpose? Is the committee trying to create a little buzz? Just, just around all this, just so people pay attention down the stretch? I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just the, the way it comes out. And there's a lot of good discussion. Um, and, you know, it, it's very interesting because every committee has a little different culture. 
Uh, I was on it for two years. I didn't, I, they, um, which, I tried to stay on it. And I think my former commissioner uh, tried to help keep me on there, but for some reason <laughs> didn't work it. I, I don't think, I think uh, uh, the current commissioner I'm with right now uh, wanted to have a, a clean three years and didn't want to be uh, uh, counted towards the American, mm-hmm. but um but everybody has a different different culture, and I think they look at different things. Um, some will look at brand, some will look at play, some will be you know the the eye test. Like can you can you you know what do you watch? What kind of film are you watching? And um, I think that's really important. This committee is a little different. You look at the backgrounds of this committee, and uh, you know there are more more ads, more administrators as opposed to coaches. And I think that changes a little bit. And, you know, I, I was fortunate to coach and, and, and I was on the, with like Frank Beamer and RC Slocum and Ken Hatfield, and those guys, I could, you know, I felt like I could kind of speak their language a little bit. And then we had people like Rick George, which is a former, former uh, coach and could watch all the films and we would watch film. And if I said, Hey, look at coastal Carolina's front seven, they're very talented. They're, they've got unbelievable gap. Uh, they're very signed in their gap uh, protections and all that kind of stuff. They would go back and say, you're right. You know, and so where this, some of the ADs that were on before I got there, they were more about brand of the university, the, 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 uh, the, the leagues and, you know, uh, you know, the comp- competitiveness of the leagues as opposed to the necessarily the eye test. I mean, that's nothing wrong. I think it's just what people gravitate, what they know. And I think so what that happens. And so, where you where you stand on an issue is where you sit, and if you certain if you see certain people and you they're playing at high levels, um, I is I watched it with my wife last night, and I and, and I called out the top six. I knew it was gonna, I was I knew it was gonna come down to that. I uh, I thought it was really good. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, the Michigan Michigan State was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, but um, for whatever reason, they saw it that way. And uh, um, I, I personally have watched Cincinnati, and even though they've had a tough couple of games, they they are an elite defense. They're as good a defense as I've seen in this country. And I, you know, and, and you know, I wouldn't say maybe they're quite Georgia, but they're up there. Um, so um, anyway, that's just it's very interesting. Hey Terry, I was you know I was on the NCAA basketball committee for five years back in the in the early two thousands. And similar selection procedures and protocol. And, and interesting enough, the same, the same guy that was in the room back in 2005, Bill Hancock, is in the room today. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of those procedures and protocol you know, were brought in from the NCAA selection group, which, I mean, you, know, you look historically, the NCAA basketball committee has had just as much scrutiny and just as much criticism and just as much you know, uh, questioning the ability of, of these, you know, eight or nine or 10 or 11, 12 men, men and women in the room. And, and the subject, you know, you're subject to that scrutiny. What, what I believe has the biggest difference today is the amount of information, the analytics, the, you know, the, just the, the sheer volume of information that the football selection committee has and Tell us a little bit about how you how you were able to maneuver through all that information and and use it, you know, to, to come to conclusions. Well, I think it's great. You're right. We had this unbelievable company that had that we we uh, um, contracted with, 
um, that had all the analytics. And I mean, not only did you have, you know, all the, you know, you're, you're, you, you're a former media relations person at one time, weren't you, Carl? Not really. I, uh, okay. Oh, I thought you were maybe early on. You might have been. He, no. He's just a fantastic interview guy. He, he no, just, he's, he's a media he's a, guy's dream. He's a really good, he's a good writer. And uh, so, um, uh, he, we just had everything from, you know, uh, you know, explosion plays to, you know, the, the, just the, the amount of stats you had access to was just off the charts, not to mention, you know, just, you know, who they played, you know, the type of strength of schedules. I mean, they, I, I can't even go into it. I'd have to show you to really articulate it in the right way. Yeah. And, and we would, we would use it a lot of times we prep and then we would have point people uh, you know, I was uh, at one time I was the point person with Frank Beamer on that with the SEC. Last year I was um, point person for um, um, the the Pac-12 with uh, Larry Scott and those guys. So you have calls with them, and they also give you information as well. So not only do you have information that you can look at, but that's their job is to kind of give you okay, give me your top three teams and tell me why. Give me explain what are there any really uh, outstanding players we need to be watching. And you would give your report and I'd say, okay, you know, I'm just giving you an example, you know, watch USC. They've got, you know, probably four NFL guys. They, they play at a high level. They, these guys are impact players, elite type players. You might want to watch them. That's just an example. Um, so we're always, we're always looking at data because you have to find some type of trigger that can put you into that, in that, uh, um, into those, into those rankings. And uh, a lot of it is you got to watch film. I mean, on Sunday morning, I would have access to every film in the, in the FBS. So I could watch San Jose State play Hawaii. I could watch their whole special teams cut up. So all the, the video people for all the different uh, schools submit that. And um, it's just like watching coaches copy. I had my iPad, I had my clicker. And I would watch it. I would, I would watch, go back to my coaching days and watch it. And, and some of the um, coaches, we would even watch it together. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see him. And you, you mentioned Bill Hancock. He, he's about as, you can't, you can't get a better person to oversee uh, this process. I mean, just the class act, the questions he asks, you know, if we're, um, you know, if we're, you know, maybe stuck on something, he'll ask some questions to help us out. Just, he's just experience is fantastic. He's just an unbelievable human being. Hey, Terry, um, you already talked about Michigan, Michigan State. And I, I'm wondering if the, if the committee is, has got their eyes looking forward as well. If they're saying, well, listen, the whole Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan thing will play itself out. We don't have to really worry about that because that those three teams got to play again. You know, Michigan, Michigan State obviously don't play again, but it'll wash, it'll come out in the wash, right? Yeah, I think I think that would come up. Yeah, I, okay. I I've always I've always had my my argument wasn't in, in not to play not to give you inside baseball, but I mean I'm just telling you because I would say it publicly. Anybody that would have, I would it'd be hard for me, and it doesn't mean just because I voted that way doesn't mean it wouldn't turn out that way. It'd be hard for me to put someone ahead of anyone if you right. had one loss that had head to head. Right, right. That's just me um, because you know being a former player. Uh, yeah. limited time it's just but that doesn't mean that other people don't see it differently and you know gary uh, barber i think does a really good job and before that was rob mullen they did a really good job saying you know listen i'm i'm not saying this is all this is not my this is the view of the 
the whole committee. He's speaking on behalf of the committee. So even whether he agrees or not, he's just sharing the views of the right. committee. Yeah. So Carl, we got some breaking news coming out of this now. We now know that Condoleezza Rice spent her weekends breaking down film when she's on the committee. Well, did she? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds well, like that, look, that's part of the job. Well, it, you don't have to, but I mean, we did. If you, I mean, I, I, I took it serious. She probably did too. Uh, I know the coaches did, and I know some of the other ministers did. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure she did. That's a good visual. Yeah. That's hey, good Terry, on on the eye test, and and this yeah. is this is always debated in terms of, you know, and and again when when the committee was put together, uh, and what Bill had experienced in in his NSA basketball days, he wanted to make sure that the football selection committee you know, had, had different views, thus coaches, former coaches, yeah. uh, big time, you know, Hall of Fame coaches to break it down. Uh, also wanted, you know, the, the AD look at it. The NCAA basketball committee was, was all commissioners, um, you know, and ADs. There were no coaches involved on it. And, and I know that when, when you were put in front of the committee as a, as a future potential member. Uh, and, and again, the first group of five AD that the, that the group of five was never represented by a sitting AD until you were there. What, uh, what I think you brought to the committee was you played, you coached, and you were an administrator, uh, you know, at a, at an FBS school. Looking at those, you know, that your experience I mean, is that the perfect, is that the perfect selection committee member? I think it definitely, I mean, again, I'm very biased and I wouldn't, wouldn't have been on the committee if it wasn't for you, Carl, um, that you put me forth. And I mean, I really appreciate it. It was, it was an unbelievable experience. What a great honor in my career. I, I think it is a really, I think it's really important. I really do. I mean, I, I told our commissioner now, I told our presidents, we had a call, we were talking about selection committee. And before I said, I think it's very, it's important important that you put football people on there that know the game that know that have maybe played coached and or and maybe been an administrator I think as you give all you kind of hear I don't know about being an AD as much but I definitely think coaching and playing is really important and uh, I mean we, we always kind of gravitated we're stuck and I say stuck when we had a question you know I would always say hey I sat next to RC Slocum in, in the meeting, I say, hey, RC, what do you think about this? He goes, I don't know, let me look at that. And so he would look at watch some film. And we watched, we talked about the eye test. We would see, we would look for dominant players. I did. I say, see that player is a dominant player because obviously having playmakers help you win. And when you look at offense and defensive dominant players, that kind of helped put you over the edge. And maybe that's what something could have came up in the Michigan, Michigan State game. I don't know, Michigan, Michigan State, that they had maybe Michigan State had or Michigan had more dominant players. And for whatever reason, I know Michigan had a backup quarterback uh, for that game. When they played Michigan State, they were up and then he went out and they brought the backup. In. So that could have been another reason why they put him ahead. So you don't know what the discussion is. And uh, but I, I will say this, there People take it is not a vacuum. I mean, people take it very seriously. There's a lot of discussion. And I think the credibility of being able to really digest like um, personnel, schemes, explosion plays, all that is, is, is paramount. Guy, Rick George is another really good one that's on there. He's a former coach. 
for an AD, played, um, was a recruiting coordinator uh, at, for Colorado National Championship. He was excellent. He, he also sat next to me one one time, uh, one uh, last year on the left side. So it was RC on one side and him on the other. So. Hey, Rick, um, you mentioned earlier strength of schedule, how, that, how much that plays into it. And so a lot of people, Cincinnati fans are saying, listen, we beat Notre Dame. They're a top 10 team. Who's Alabama beaten? Alabama hasn't even, hasn't beaten a top 10 team. They've lost to the really only good team they played at Texas A&M. How is the committee viewing a team like Alabama and saying, well, that's the second best team in the country. Um, obviously they still have to play Georgia probably in the championship game, but um, I mean, a team that doesn't have any top 10 wins versus a team that does be ranked below them. How do they, how does that work? Yeah, I, I, that, that, that comes up. It's interesting because I think the year the LSU, that my first year on the committee LSU, I think they, they were like oh, nine yeah. of their, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. We're all like top 10, yep. top 10 wins or top 25 <laughs> wins. I mean, so that definitely comes up. I think that's where we, people gravitate to the brand of the conference and the competitiveness of the conference and just say, listen, everybody knows the SEC is a gauntlet. It's very difficult. However, as we all have learned in the last five weeks, that anybody can beat anybody at any given time. And I said, you know, win's a win. And I think the American is a really, really good conference. And there's teams in the American, multiple teams in the American that can beat teams in the SEC. Uh, there's no question in my mind. Uh, so it's just a matter of how, like I said, the culture of the committee, uh, how they how they look at it and, and whatever people gravitate uh, as far as discussion points in the room. So the conference does matter. What conference you play in does matter. Does that mean that Alabama can lose the big the, the title game to S- SEC title game to Georgia and stay in the top four because absolutely. of the SEC? They could, absolutely could. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying they absolutely could. 100%. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and maybe, and maybe, and just all depends on how the game, how the game goes. If it's a blowout, maybe not. And vice versa. If Alabama beats Georgia, I think Georgia for sure stays in the top four. Yeah. But it, so. it, it's interesting. And what, what happens if Alabama doesn't play in the SEC title game? Because there's a chance A&M ends up winning that division by virtue of their win over Alabama. What happens if, if Alabama's not in the title game and finishes the season with just the one loss and stays number two? Does that factor in that they don't play in their conference title game? It's happened before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So well, data, 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 number of data points, right, Terry? Yeah, number yeah, of data points. Yeah. I think my first year on the uh, – uh, well, the year in 17 when Auburn beat uh, Alabama or they beat someone, they played UCF actually in the Peach Bowl. Right. Uh, they were the winner of the SEC. I think Alabama made it to the Final Four, and they only had one loss. Yeah. So, Terry, does 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 Bill remind you all of uh, advice that longtime kind of the father of the Final Four, Tom Jernstead, as he kind of went through this process in the early early days? Uh, Tom would all would always remind committees and committee members to you know when you're comparing one team to another. You know, who would you rather play today? Who would you rather play today to try to bring it into real time? And I know that, that the media and the general public, you know, get, get focused on how does somebody jump somebody? And does, does that factor come into play uh, in the conversation? Oh, oh, no question it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and even some of the group of five schools, 
And, uh, you know, those, they come up, um, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to play them, you right. know, yeah. they're tough, you know, one of those type of, one of the, you know, they're, they're very good. I don't care. I don't care if they're playing in, you know, the Sunbelt or American or whatever, uh, they could beat a lot of teams in the SEC, you know, that, 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 that could come up as well. So, um, uh, typically the American, the Boise's, you're, you're all a modern Boise state, you know, the UCFs in the past, the Memphis, uh, you know, Cincinnati's app state had a good run there. Uh, when I was on the first year on my committee, they beat North Carolina and South Carolina, uh, the same year. Um, and so, you know, it just, it, it yeah, it, it does, it definitely comes up, especially from the coach's standpoint. Right. And, um, I mean, it's a really, it's a very collegial, I mean, there's not, you know, there might be some disagreements, but it's, it's not like, as you probably remember, Carl, it's not uh, contentious at all. I mean, it's just really just people talking ball for two days, you know. <laughs> and and remind, remind the viewers about, you know, kind of the general principles that, you know, and again, dating back to NCAA basketball committee, that when, when committee members come into the room, you know, they take their UCF hat off. Yeah, that's right. And, and put their, you know, their college football or whatever hat on and, and that you, uh, you're no longer representing that institution or, or, the, or the conference. And uh, people forget about that. And, and yet there's also, you know, embedded biases that, that yeah. have to come in. So kind of the, the dynamics of, of when there's a, a school on the board from, let's say, you know, you use Rick George as an example. Yeah. If Colorado was on the board being considered, tell everybody what happens to Rick George in that situation. Yes, and that's been, it's, there's no secret. If someone's on the board and, it's, and there's a discussion in that cluster, they have to leave the room. They can't be in the room. Um, and, and Bill does a great job moderating that, even if it's some of the discussion, like, you know, even, even though RC doesn't coach for, um, didn't coach and didn't work. He had a connection with Texas A&M. He, I think he was still like on payroll or right. master. He had to leave the room. Joe Castiglione had to re- leave the room uh, at times and, and uh, Florida, Scott Strickland had to. And, um, you know, it, 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 it actually is really good for everybody. It's good for them. It's good for the committee because then you can speak freely. Um, and um, uh, it, it's, it's, um, I think it's a really good process. The other thing, Carl, you'll remember, and I, I don't know if Jernstead was the one that started this, but at the beginning, as you we we take our hat off, we had a ceremonial uh, hat tree uh, right. outside the room where you had to actually put your hat, and it had name on it as a white hat and all that kind of stuff. Is they also remind you of the protocols, you know, of, of data points that we should be looking at. Uh, so those are a, a reminder, and I think those are really good too. So you kind of stick to and don't get off, you know, too far. So hey Terry, there's been some talk recently uh, to go deeper into the recruit recruit process, uh, people recruiting recusing themselves from yeah. being part of it um, about conference, just being part of the conference because of all the money that's involved. So yeah. some people are saying, oh, Gary Barta is the head of it now. He's in the Big Ten. Should he be allowed even to talk about Big Ten teams? Because if he does, if two Big Ten teams get in, Iowa makes a lot more money where he's at. So it, it might be even a little deeper than just your school that you can't talk about. Does yeah, conference I, come into come into it? I think that's an excellent advantage. Uh, you see, if I'm if I'm on the sideline, if Gary Barta is watching Iowa play at Ohio State, and he says, "Listen, I 
I'll just tell you Ohio State's got one the Chase uh what was the guy's name? Chase Chase, uh, Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young. Yeah. He was one of the guys that would come up a lot about how dominant a player he was. I mean, he's the most dominant player I've ever seen in my life. And you start looking at him, and you're like, God, he is dominant. He's just killing these guys. I mean, so so I think it actually is a you have some expertise. People that should be on that committee should have that that are being uh, very genuine, which a guy like Gary is. Mm-hmm. And if he he'll believe it or not, I don't. People are pretty honest. I mean, if they or if it if you're in a certain conference and you think uh, a certain team is not as good, they'll say it. <laughs> they'll say, "Well, I don't think they're as good as this team over here." So, uh, I mean, I think people are very genuine and very authentic in their assessments. Uh, regardless of the money, I really, truly are. So that's hard. It, also, it can also work against you, too, if you think about conference. So you got to be careful because if you're in a conference and someone beats you and your your coach is on the hot seat yeah. and you don't want that, you don't want that coach. And I'm, this is just my AD hat. This is not the committee. Right. You don't want that coach to have an advantage in your league because your fans and everybody, if they get into the top ten or top twenty-five and you're not in, you you could also be. The other way and say, well, I'm not going to vote for them because that'll hurt me. Yeah, uh, right? it's, impo- it's, al- it's almost impossible to get a totally neutral, unbiased group together. It's impossible. I think I just think that I just think that you have to when you're vetting people, you have to really uh, you have to get authentic people that. Um, I mean, we. I mean, I've had. I won't mention names. We had coaches that had strong affiliations with teams and coach were head coaches at those teams and would say. Listen, they're not as good as Al, you know, they're not as good as Alabama, they're not as good as Georgia. They'd say it. They'd flat out say it. And I think that's what you got to do. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, the fans will be relieved to to hear that money's really not a factor in the selection process. Maybe brand name is and, and it's po- impossible to keep it out, but money really isn't because the money's so huge at this point, it really can't be that much of a difference maker. Never, people think it's the money, <laughs> the bull selections, all that, it's really not a factor. It really is. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a part of a bowl uh, that could be in a New Year's Six bowl, you have to leave the room. And so, uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's it, it it's very it's a very pure process in my mind. I was it was very impressed, and a lot of it has to do with Carl. Will tell you, Carl, it, you know, just I think Bill does a fantastic job with yeah. that. You know, and, and the chairs are put into a into a real difficult position. I mean, last week Luke Fickle calls out Gary Barta questioning. You know, did this guy even play football before? And and that that's happened not just by coaches, but by by media members. Yep. And back in, I remember Doug Gottlieb, you know, asked the question, you know, what is what is Carl Benson's you know credentials to be on the committee? You know, <laughs> I did I didn't coach, I didn't coach basketball, I didn't play basketball. And and again, it's a it, it's a as it, as fun as the the you know, the process is, and to be part of that committee, uh, it also, it's cost, you know, it's cost some ADs jobs. It's cost, you know, the, the time involved, Terry. Tell us about just the, the volume of time that you have to spend, you know, leading up to it and, and during the course of the season. I mean, you, you know, it's, it, there is a lot, a lot of time. You leave on a Sunday, you come back Tuesday, um, and you're basically sequestered in the hotel. Uh, it was a little more challenging during COVID time, uh, but the first year it was a little more free. Um, you know, just you can put as much time as you want into it. If you're if you're doing what you're supposed to, you need to be watching games, uh, which we did. I did. Um, you need to be reviewing stats. You'll be re- reviewing the analytics. Um, you have some work to do maybe in the summer a little bit. 
Um, you have a couple of meetings, but once that November date hits, I mean, you're six weeks straight, you're going to Dallas uh, mm -hmm. every, and, and it's, 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 it's a lot of time, but I will tell you this, Carl, um, you know, I, and he's Carl's heard my story before Mark, but you know, if it wasn't for college football and interclusion athletics, I wouldn't be where I am today. And football has given me an unbelievable uh, livelihood and never in a million years when I was in, 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 when I was all the time I was committing to it, never once thought this is just too much time. I thought, you know what? I've been given so much that I owe it back to give every, everybody an honest valuation. And listen, I, it wasn't just the Alabamas and the Ohio States of the world. I mean, we looked at the Buffaloes. I mean, I looked at the Buffaloes. I looked at the San Jose States. I, you know, we looked at we looked at all those teams, and and we gave them an honest days of valuation. And I used to talk about that. We have to, and uh, and uh, I I think you have a lot of really fantastic people. Um, you know, we had a guy by the name of Ray Ordinero. God rest his soul, died recently. He was on the committee. He never coached, but he was, I mean, I'd say the guy has a lot of management and a very brilliant mind. Condoleezza Rice obviously didn't yeah. play. Right. Some of the media, yeah. some of the media members that, uh, that yeah. have been on the committee, right. you know, haven't, uh, haven't played. So, um, and, and I think you're right that it, that it is. Paula Bovine was on there. She never played. Right. She, she was a fantastic committee member. Yeah. She did her research. She knew. Listen, when she talked, we listened. It's like little yeah. EF Hutton. And uh, uh, you remember those old EF Hutton? Ray Ordinero never, he, he played at Army, but he was, they all had, everybody had value on that committee. It was great. Yeah. Hey, Terry, we're going to have to let you go. I know you're busy. Carl's, Carl's got a golf game somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, Look at uh, him. He's all excited. Yeah, he's ready to go. So we really appreciate your insight. Great yeah. stuff. Congratulations on your ascension to the Big 12, by the way. We had mentioned thank that you. earlier. That's, that's great for the school and great for the conference. Uh, we wish you all the best moving forward, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Good to see you, Carl. All right. Likewise. Give, give, give my best to Julie. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. There he goes. Terry Mohadjer. Uh, Central Florida Athletic Director. We'll be back with Carl Benson's Overtime. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. Hey, everyone. As we uh, do this overtime each week, I'll uh, try to make either a thumbs up or a thumbs down on a current event happening in the college sports world. And today we start with a thumbs down, and it's a big thumbs down. Since August 1, when Texas and Oklahoma announced they are leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, there have been 22 other university athletic programs leave their respective conferences going to the so-called greener pastures. Three teams from the American to the Big 12, one team from the West Coast to the Big 12, six teams from Conference USA to American, on and on and on. But one team from the Colonial Conference to the Sun Belt has created a lot of buzz here, Mark, in the last 10 days. Of the eight impacted conferences in the 22 teams, only one conference has elected to punish a school for their departure to another conference. And that's the Colonial Conference punishing James Madison for their departure of the Sun Belt. 
to the Sun Belt. In what's been widely reported and highly criticized and slammed by the media and the general public, the CAA is planning to exercise an outdated bylaw that would ban JMU teams and student athletes from competing in CAA champs during the 21-22 season and to ban JMU from hosting Colonial Athletic Conference championships this coming year. JMU student athletes have mobilized and threatened legal action to try and persuade CAA officials to waive this ridiculous rule. Rather than going through this contentious and divisive and acrimonious time, Commissioner D'Antonio, I urge you to convince the CAA leadership to do what is right and let the Dukes play. The thumbs down that you already have earned by not taking this route already will only get bigger and uglier if you elect to keep this rule in place. And that's my thumbs down for the week. Uh, good stuff, Carl. You know better than anyone. We appreciate your insight as always. Uh, next week, we'll get into another topic. College football playoffs always going to be big. Well, that will be talk, talked about. NIL, conference realignment. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. College basketball is getting started. One of your hot, one of your, uh, one of your sweet spots. So we'll talk about that too. Tell you what, there's no, there's no lack. There's no lack of content. Nope, Our college not, sports not. is, is <laughs> filling, filling the airwaves and we get a, we get a chance to discuss it every week. And we'll do that again next week on Knutson and the Commish. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.